Welcome to the Grace Church Conversations podcast, a weekly resource to help you apply Sunday to Monday. I'm Jared. And I'm Craig. How you doing, man? Well, I... Um, you sound awesome. Do I? Well, I am. I feel better than I sound. Uh, so sickness has been running around this joint, yeah. uh, both our church staff, my family. So I'm, um, I'm on the back end of uh, some kind of deal. So I probably sound a little... Uh, Soulful. Little, yeah, I sound, sound a little sick. Mm. It, it, I'm sure it's going to sound great for all. Yeah, the probably so. I, I feel I feel great. So anyway, good. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know that's one of the benefits of getting sick. You, you deal with the sickness, you start yes. to feel better, but you still have you know that amazing like deep you know intimidating really. Well, voice. that's true. It, it is a podcast. I mean, getting getting <laughs> really getting a head cold is is helpful for uh, your podcast voice, no doubt. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Right. I, I would forego it and just uh, speak a little higher. I'd be happy to do that. But anyway, get you some helium. Or something. Yeah, there you go. Cool. Well, uh, we got a few questions in in regards to uh, this past Sunday's uh, sermon where you talked about uh, Matthew five thirty eight through 42 on turning the other cheek and whatnot. And uh, it was it was a good day. It was it was an interesting day. I was it in was. first. I was in first. Hello. Service, uh, and so we had a little bit of an intermission uh, with a alarming. fire alarm. Oh, yes, 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 I see yes, what you yes, did there. It was, it was yep. alarming. It was. So do we know what happened or was that just the you system know, freaking out? You know, I, I told you I was sick and I was ready to go <laughs> home right. and go to bed. So you, I had, uh, I paid a kid to, right. pull, to pull, <laughs> I paid a kid in children's ministry to pull a, pull the latch or what. No, um, it had something to do with the, um, something in the elevator. We need Tim on here to explain, um, but something in the elevator shaft, some sensor, detected oh. something. It could have been dust or something like that. Thought gotcha. it was smoke. And so anyway, so the first service, but I was, I want to commend the church for most people. If you had little kids and you didn't come back, I get that. But a lot of people came back and mm-hmm. heard the rest. We finished it up and, yeah. and we're basically on time. We finished right at 1030. Yeah. Uh, we had set to sing and pray for folks at the end. So we didn't get to do all that, but we did that in the second service. So yeah. anyway, it was, uh, it, it, it turned out, uh, you know, all in all, we would never do a fire drill. I mean, yes. you're not going to do a fire drill, but right. that was our fire drill. And I heard things went really well in children's ministry. It was Good. orderly. It was clear. And uh, so I think we learned what to do um, yeah. if, if it ever happens again. Oh, that's good. We have the high tech system that tells you what to do as the alarm is yeah, going yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a little voice. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was really interesting. Was it saying like exit the building Yeah, or it was something? just like, uh, please remain calm and exit. I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, something. But, but the was, church did that. Yeah. I, way to go, Grace yeah. Church. I it's mean, almost like it was a room full of adults. It, Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, we were driving away uh, in between services, and I heard the alarm coming back on. It did it, between uh, services. It came back. Yeah, on. I was just. Oh my gosh, is it going to be going on all day? It, throughout it came the on service? multiple times at the break, Jared, and then it stopped, and then it would come on. And it stopped, and so the <laughs> so, so the fire uh, the firefighters came back, and like the whole church is standing in the lobby, totally ignored because it's yeah. going on and off at this point. We know, so that was, uh, you know, I but they understood. I, I don't know what they did, but somehow they just shut the whole thing off. So the second service was very smooth and we all kind of had a memory. Yeah. Yeah. Made a memory. Very special. Uh, The other cool thing, uh, the kids were up, did the the kids choir? They did a really great job. They were great. It was really fun. I thought they sang well. I thought Mm -hmm. they were enthusiastic. Mm -hmm. Uh, Great volume, great participation. So I I thought the kids choir is always a highlight, but this Mm -hmm. year it was great. And thanks to the team who put that together. Laura Vogel sang in particular. I don't know the whole team, but I know she kind of headed headed the whole thing. So thank you, Laura. And uh, when the kids come out, it's a, it's a fun time. So I thought it was it was a good Sunday all in all, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, felt like a Christmas kind of it, Sunday. No doubt, it was very yeah. good. So 
Cool. Well, why don't we jump into these questions? So uh, turning the other cheek uh, was the topic as we uh, were uh, continuing on our series in the good life on, uh, you know, Jesus's Sermon on the Mount. Right. Uh, First question we got was this. Craig mentioned the story of a grad student who went bankrupt giving to homeless people who ended up fueling their alcohol addiction. I still think the student did the right thing by being generous, but the question I have is this. If you know you are giving money to someone who will use that money to satisfy an unhealthy addiction, do you still give? Or are there other non-financial ways to help them, though they ask for money? To give another example, a family member is in debt, they often go on shopping sprees, and you feel moved to help pay off their debt. Do they need more help breaking their cycle of debt, or do we simply give to them financially and ask God to change their heart? Boy, isn't that a thoughtful question? That this is. is this is someone who is uh, certainly paying attention and and teasing it out to uh, how do I really apply this? Mm-hmm. So I just to whoever wrote this, I say thank you for taking the scripture so seriously and really wanting to do you know the right thing. Well, I agree with you. Uh, I, I shared that story because I thought it was fascinating that D. A. Carson shared that he actually knew someone who who uh, did go bankrupt giving, and so. I mean, you could do worse, couldn't you? You could oh, go sure, bankrupt sure. for a lot worse reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's but, true. Uh, but I think the default is generosity for sure. Um, but the scripture elsewhere, you know, we have to interpret scripture in light of scripture. So the scripture elsewhere does make it clear that uh, we are at times to prioritize to whom do we give, yeah. uh, to whom do we help. Uh, we can't really, I'm trying to make the point Sunday, we can't really give everything to everyone who asks. I mean, if someone asks, give me your car, well, you can do that, what, once, maybe twice. Uh, so you can't just, if you've got two cars, you, you can't. You can't give everything you have and, and sustain and be a good steward so that you can, you know, uh, take care of your own family yeah. and then and give to others as well. So yeah. uh, so you, at times we have to prioritize to whom do we give. Um, and so we need categories to think about helping people. So before I get to the person's direct question about an ad, giving to an addict or someone who's, uh, you know, spending their money on shopping sprees, etc., I thought an interesting passage of scripture, because we can tend to think, hey, well, I've got to give to everybody, right? Well, an interesting passage of scripture that addresses this is 1 Timothy 5. Hmm. In 1 Timothy 5, Paul is instructing Timothy um, on which widows should they provide for. Now, this is Hmm. dicey because the most vulnerable people in the community are the widows. Yeah. And yet... Paul is saying there is a priority as to whom you get to whom you give, which widows. So there was a list of widows in the church, he says, you put them on this registry or list that the church will um, care for, but not every widow received extra help. So for instance, a widow who had family, uh, they weren't going to prioritize caring for her. They weren't going to step in and take the responsibility away from the family because they yeah. say, you got to take care of your own family. If you don't, you're worse than an unbeliever is yeah. what he actually says. That's the context of that. So there's a place to say, ma'am, we love you. We'd love to help you, but you know what? We'll, we'll talk to your family. They're going to have to care for you. We, mm. we can't care for every widow. We don't right, have enough money. Right. So your family has to do that. So there's where you would actually say no to someone because there's another uh, another person that's responsible more in that case than the Christian or the church. Um, another one they say is uh, the older widows were given preference. And Paul says, why? Well, because younger widows, he says they, they're passionate, they want to get married, so they get married and there's someone to care for them. In that society, it was hard to care for yourself as a single woman. Yeah. 
So we're going to care for the older widows, those who are over 60. They actually give an age, so it's yeah. very specific. Um, he says those who've been married once are given priority over others. Why? Well, probably someone who'd been married multiple times had more family to care for them is the mm. idea. And so a lot of categories about who we care for. Those who've shown hospitality and were godly, they're given a preference in care. Those who were in their younger uh, years did so. So the point is... Paul says to the church, don't give to everyone uh, who's n- legitimately needy. Uh, there's some categories. to Don't give to everyone equally. There's some categories to think about how do you prioritize who you care for. So that's not what this person asked. But the reason I give that is because elsewhere in the scripture, uh, Jesus' statement is very seems very universal. But elsewhere in the scripture, there is, okay, here's categories to think about who should you give to mm-hmm. and, how, and in the, in the, how, how should the church care for the needy. And I, I just think that was a... It's helpful to think about that. So the second thing I would say, uh, Jared, is that I think we want to think about what is our motive? Why do we give? You know, is our motive, uh, you know, it should be obedience to Christ and compassion and love for someone in need. It can't be just soothing my own conscience. Uh, And I think so. we have to ask that question. Why am I giving? Is it so I feel better about me? Is it so I feel better when I see that person. No, it's really got to be love. So the kingdom ethic is love. And so I think we have to ask, what's the most loving thing I can do to meet this person's needs and to help facilitate a life of flourishing for the person? So the question is what that they asked about, what about an, an unhealthy addiction? Um, if someone is an addict, there may be better ways to give to them instead of giving them cash. Um, they may ask for cash, but the mo- most loving thing to me to, to may be, uh, how can I provide provide food for you? Yeah, um, yeah that's good. Sometimes if you find a person on the street asking for money and you say, you know what, I'll be happy to go over here and buy you a meal. And they say, no, I don't want that. Well, okay, that, that could say something. It doesn't mean that you don't still help them in some way. But um, the, for the person who's an addict, there may be other ways. Um, I'll help get you into rehab. I'll help fund that. Let's get you some real help here mm. if that's what your need is. Yeah. Um, uh, someone, uh, I remember one time communicating to someone um, who uh, had a, a substance abuse issue and um, I, I didn't did not want to see the person get behind the wheel of a car. So I said, I'll actually give you an Uber gift card. Mm. You know, I felt that's a practical way to help. Yeah. So if you're ever out and you drink too much or you're in, you're intoxicated or you're under the influence of uh, drugs, um, I do not want you to ever get in a car like that. So yeah. I'll actually pay to get you home or whatever. Let me just give you a gift card. Yeah. Um, but I'm not just going to hand you cash, which you may go buy alcohol with or whatever yeah. it is. So I think that was, a, to me, a creative way of saying, I want to help, but what is the most helpful thing? Um, and uh, cash may not be the answer. What about the person who is in a lot of debt and you? The, he, say, he, or she, she, he or she says you want to you know, help them get out of debt, um, but they go on shopping sprees. You know, I was thinking there may be a number of things. One might be sort of a conditional help to help them incentivize budgeting. You may help them get on a budget, but incentivize budgeting and self-control. So what if you said something like, hey, I'll do a matching program, dollar for dollar. Whatever you can pay off on your credit card bill, I'll match that dollar for dollar. That means you're going to have to save this month. You're going to have to budget. But I'm going to, I want to be wind in your sails. I'll go dollar. So if you can pay $500 this month off the bill, I'll pay 500. You got a thousand, but that showed you really 
had to discipline. Let's let's get a budget. Let's. But that that way you're giving to help someone, um, or maybe it's like, hey, I'll pay for you to go through Financial Peace University. That's mm. I don't know, hundred bucks, or our our class here, Generous Living's free. <laughs> so we'll <laughs> we'll do that for you. Or maybe I'll pay. Oftentimes, people that have spending problems, there's underlying issues of the heart. So we'll help fund some counseling for you or something mm. like that, you know? Yeah. So I, I just think sometimes giving money can make things worse. Um, right. And so we need to think, get some counsel. How can I creatively help a person? Now, having said all that, generosity is, I think, our default um, because generosity does communicate love and support. I'm with you. I want to help you. I want to come alongside you. Um, but ultimately, that support, oftentimes tangible support can be a lot more helpful to help someone get out of their situation and make lifestyle changes um, where just uh, just giving money may not do it. Yeah. You know, one suggestion I want to make this fall, right, we, we had Diane Shaw on here as one of our new deacons. Well, we also have a new deacon of uh, Mercy. I didn't ask him if I could mention his name, but it's F.J. O'Leary. And he's given a lot of thought to this, how to help folks who are in need financially. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have policies as a church for how we help people and and that sort of thing. So um, I'm sure FJ would be happy to talk to anyone. If you had someone particularly you're wanting to help and you're not sure, he could be able to help you think biblically through the process of how do we decide, you know, what to give to to whom. And and, uh, uh, I think he's he's very good on that topic. So there's someone I could recommend also that you uh, might talk to. That's really good. Yeah, I, w- I was thinking in terms of, you know, uh, it can, I, I, th- I imagine it's probably tough thinking through this and feeling, um, you know, in terms of situations where you might have some real concerns about, you know, For sure. if I'm giving money to this person, you know, um, I think it's really freeing to hear that, you know, generosity isn't only money. It yeah. Can, it can be time. Time. It can be practical uh, help. Yeah. It could be going and buying someone a bag of groceries yeah. and being like, hey, I love you. I know yep. things are tough. And, you know, here you go. Uh, it, it can be those sorts of things. And um, I just think just the creativity and the different ideas that you've thrown out, I'm sure there's there's hundreds more ideas, of, ideas. Of, sure. of how we can love other people, um, especially in those times that we do have a concern. We don't want to use that as a cop out of being like, well, I can't help you, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, so. I, I yeah, you're just really going to spend this on alcohol, so I'm not going to help you. Yeah, you know, yeah, th- yeah. That's probably not the that's probably not the best approach necessarily if, if, <laughs> if we can do more, if we know, yeah, the per- yeah, yeah. if we know the person or something like yeah. that. Um, I, you know, I think. Uh, so I really appreciate the person asking that um, mm-hmm. that question. Jesus does say give, but he doesn't say hand loads of cash to everyone who asks. Right. That's not what the text said. So. Right. No, that's good. Cool. Uh, next question was this. How does turning the other cheek apply to national disputes? <laughs> well, I would say uh, everyone hasn't obeyed that historically, nationally. Wouldn't you say there's been oh, a few yeah. war, few wars over the years? Just a few. <laughs> Just a few. Um, it got, kind of the history of civilization is the history of war in many ways. Yeah. Um, I can't fully answer that in this, t- uh, you know, on a podcast. A, I'm not smart enough. But B, uh, it's pretty. It's a pretty complex issue when you talk about war. I will say this though: there's a history in the church of thinking well about war among Christians. And um, there's something called the just war theory, just war theory, um, which is when is it, when is it just to go to war and what are the kind of categories um, that would, um, 
that would make it uh, reasonable for the ultimately for the protection of life, for the um, saving of people's lives who are created in the image of God. Yeah. When is it appropriate to use force, one nation against another? Uh, to do so. So I'm going to recommend a, a book. I've got it sitting here. It's a big fat book. Um, it's called Ethics for a Brave New World. It's written by two people named Feinberg, John Feinberg and Paul Feinberg. Um, let's see. I was trying to think. Oh, John Feinberg's at Trinity Evangelical Divinity School. Um, and uh, actually, Paul taught there as well. So it's a it's a good uh, it's a good ethics book, and there's a whole chapter on war in there. And I I mean, uh, so he, he he talks about pacifism, um, talks about Christian pacifism, um, talks about just war, and uh, I, I think he does a good job. I think they do a good job, um, you know, handling that. So I I don't think that particular verse that Jesus is talking about is is talking to secular nations. I don't think it's talking to uh, governments ultimately, uh, though we would all hope that our government and others would be would be leaning against war, would not be seeking to go to war. And that's why the just war theory is so helpful because it it has to do with, hey, I want your oil is not a just reason to go to war. (laughs) Hey, we want a little land over here. That's not a just reason. We're paying you back for something or we we think possibly this, if we intervene and attack. So it's, it's a, it's a defensive approach. It's, um, it's a measured approach. It involves obviously not civilians uh, in the approach and uh, it, it, it involves exhausting every other means possible of avoiding war. So it's um, uh, th- those are some of the ideas. But um, so I don't. I, I think there is a place for a for a nation to you know to protect its citizens. Um, you know Romans thirteen. Um, uh, the state does bear the sword against evildoers. That's probably take, talking about uh, obviously governing one's own nation. Uh, but you know. Um, I, I think uh, war is obviously something to be avoided at all all costs, and I think turning the other cheek on nations. I do think uh, uh, I do think there's a place for nations to um, uh, not seek to be retaliatory, not seek to to uh, bring retribution for everything that happens. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think there's an attitude. Um, I'd, I'd get concerned about. I think nationalism does not reflect a uh, biblical kingdom ethic at all. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's us and we're out for us and we're out for number one. And, uh, we don't care about others. Others are, we, it's, it's us that we're, uh, you know, we're it. I, I don't think that's a biblical ethic. I don't think that reflects Christ in the least. So I don't think we want to be saying, Hey, uh, that verse has no relevance, you know, just individuals, we have to be loving and sacrificial and peacemaking and caring nations can do what they want. I'm not saying that at all. I'm it certainly applies to an attitude, but, yeah. uh, and may we elect uh, governing officials who have the kind of attitude that is peacemaking and loving and that sort of thing. But there is a place for, there's a place for war. And so I'm just recommending yeah. a, a, go read ju- a, on the just war theory. And I think it'll help you to know w- when is it appropriate for a nation to take some kind of an action. No, that's good. That's really helpful too. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'm going to have to stop listening to this podcast because I keep adding books to my uh, oh, there to you my go. list. Yeah, we should give some more away. Hey, in 2019, let's give more books away. We should. We've given away one book in yeah. the history of this podcast. I know. That is not nearly enough. <laughs> oh, we gave away one book, and it happened to be 
extra stock on the resource shelf out there. It's not like we went and bought it. It was just sitting there. It was, it was a, the Sinclair Ferguson book. Oh, that's true. I didn't realize those we just gave like our leftovers. sit there. We re-gifted. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Do you re-gift? Have you ever re-gifted? Oh, man. I'm sure I have. Yeah. I can't think of a specific example, but I wouldn't put it past me. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't put it past me. <laughs> I know you fairly well, It seems well, like Jared. something I would do. I know you fairly well. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past you either. <laughs> no, you're a giving guy. You're oh, you a good guy. You're a giving guy. But yeah, re-gifting can be a... We kind of re-gifted. Um, so in 2019, one of my goals is that we give away some stuff. Very good. To incentivize listeners to make it That's worthwhile. Good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Um, cool. Well, uh, thanks for talking through those questions. Sure. And Thanks for um, asking them. Uh, you're welcome. It, it was my pleasure. Yeah, to report <laughs> to, to report repeat, what was texted yes. in. Yeah, those were not mine. <laughs> no, those were. We answered. We answered all the questions this week. Yeah, there was just two, and we answered them. We did. We did Very a good, good job. You did a good job. Thank you. Well so done. So kind of you. Cool. Well, uh, it is the season of Christmas, no doubt. and I'm trying to make sure that we talk about Christmas at least once every episode during December. Yeah. Uh, and so I thought it'd be fun to do a little bit of a Christmas trivia quiz. Oh, so goodness. Uh, I, I'm not good at trivia. Come on, you're smart. You know why? You're- because I don't give myself to trivial matters, Jared. I only I only think deep and profound thoughts. But go ahead with your trivia. I don't. I don't. You even don't know even what to know what to say to that. that. That's so know. offensive, so condescending, and arrogant, Dude, isn't it? I'm like, just How do I too put busy it? about my father's matters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was that was a very condescending thing. But uh, well, then you'll fail this quiz. Yeah. Okay. Uh oh. Uh, you know. I don't okay. Know let it go. You. Okay. Number one. Multiple choice. Okay. I'll ask oh, the question okay. and I'll give you the choices. Okay, good. Number one, which of these companies was the first to use Santa Claus in an advertisement? Pepsi, Coca-Cola, 7-Up, or Fanta? It was Coca-Cola. That was an easy... We're starting That easy. is easy. I know. Yeah, that's super that's, easy. Yeah. Everyone knows that. I thought maybe it would sound like a, a trick question because, oh. you know, Coca-Cola yeah. obviously has the whole Santa thing down, so maybe yeah. it wasn't always that yeah, way. Yeah. I don't know. Well, that's okay. good. Good question. Get a little bit harder. Here we go. Okay. Which president was the first to decorate the White House Christmas tree? Uh, Franklin Pierce, Benjamin Franklin, George Washington, or Abraham Lincoln? There's a trick in there. Yeah, well, Benjamin Franklin wasn't a president. Good for you. Uh, so, uh, I'm going to say Pierce. That was, yeah. Is that right? It is right. Yeah. Why? Because you just well, figured, because you I never heard think, of George Washington No, because I, I don't think they had, I, I don't think Christmas tree, well, I, I don't remember what years Pierce was president. But I don't think anyone does. <laughs> under Washington, there wouldn't have been. I don't think there were Christmas trees. Interesting. I, I think Christmas trees came in in our country in, in the, uh, by the time of Lincoln, they were. So yeah. uh, it could have been Lincoln. But anyway. Interesting. Well, good job. You got that right. I'm two for two. We're out of time. Yeah. So thanks for playing. And uh, <laughs> No, no, no. We're, we're good on time. Okay, good. Don't give up. Number three, which country did the gingerbread house come from? Do you know my wife connect, uh, c- uh, collects gingerbread? stuff. Does she really? Yes. Is that why she, you call her ginger? Yeah, no, but to the, <laughs> but she has gingerbread. She actually, uh, a friend gave her a gingerbread shoot. She has gingerbread toms. Really? She, yeah, she wore them last night to no a Christmas way. party. Are they made of real gingerbread? No, but they're like Tom's shoes. So I guess a poor person in another country got gingerbread shoes, which they, I don't think they probably appreciated. Well, <laughs> uh, they're the toms. So, um, Let's see, gingerbread. Is there? Do I get choices? Yep. Austria, Switzerland, Germany, or the United States? Yeah. Now that is, I, I think it's definitely European. I don't think it's mm. the U.S. Mm. Uh, and so, uh, my wife probably knows this, um, but I'm going to say Germany. Yep. You're right. Oh man, dude, three for three. 
I so you you said you don't really give yourself to trivial matters, but I'm no but I know a lot the of test trivia. Shows that yeah. that that was that yeah. was a lie. Yeah, it really was a lie. Yeah. <laughs> All right, <laughs> number four. What kind of Christmas does Elvis Presley sing about? Oh, a white Christmas, yeah. a red Christmas, a blue Christmas, or a snowy Christmas? I know that it's blue, and you it feel is. sorry for me. You want me to sound smart when you ask me questions like that? No, 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 no. Would, I, I am. Uh, people would not know that. I, I don't know. I mean, I think. Most people do. Okay. I think that's another easy question. Yeah, Some yeah. of these other ones, you kind of have to know history, yeah. I guess. Uh, kind of like this. Uh, in what year was A Christmas Carol by Charles oh. Dickens published? Okay. 1765, 1843, 1860, or 1906? I'm going to say 1860. Mm, you're wrong. Yeah. It was close though, 1843. Yeah. I, I, I knew he wasn't obviously 1900s or right. 1700s. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah he's There's some those... English people in the church really disappointed. <laughs> I'm really surprised with given how much time you've given yourself to studying the life of Charles Dickens. Yeah, yeah. Craig, I like I'm, Christmas Carol. That's good. It is a good one. Mm. All right. What is the name of the Grinch's dog in the movie How the Grinch Stole Christmas? Do you even need me to give you a... Uh, go for it. Give me the... Uh, I mean, last week you said that it was your favorite, yeah, so... that's bad. We're spending more time on this. <laughs> no, but. this is good. Let it happen. All right. Pete, Sam, Ruth, or Max? Max. Yeah, it was easy. Yeah, yeah. All right. I'll move a little bit quicker. Where was A Christmas Carol written? In Australia, United States, Germany, or United Kingdom? United Kingdom. Oh, my gosh. You are just a genius. All right. We're getting close to the end. Which reindeer helps Rudolph fly at the reindeer games? Donner, Clarice, Dancer, or Blitzen? This is from the, the show, the uh, Rudolph the Red Nose. The question is, helps him dance? Is it in the song? No, no, no. Which reindeer? No, it's not. It's in the show. Which reindeer helps Rudolph fly at the reindeer games? Okay, the uh, option. It's not. It's not clear, whatever you said. But give me the options again. Donner, Clarice, Dancer, or Blitzen. I'm gonna say Blitzen. Really? Yeah. That's interesting because it's wrong. Oh. He locked eyes and he gazed upon Clarice, See? the beautiful little reindeer girl. Oh. And then yeah, he's, I'm, you know, or no, no, no. She kisses him on the cheek and I, says yeah, he's cute, memory. and he's like, I'm cute, I'm cute. I have a, and, oh, I do. Yeah, remember you remember? That. And he flies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, it was apparently uncontrollable. Um, okay. You got any more gingerbread questions? <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I, I didn't write this. I okay. just found it. It looked interesting. All right. Which reindeer is Rudolph's dad? Dancer, Dixon, Donner, or Blitzen? I had, had no idea. Really? There's a family tree. I mean, there's relatives among the reindeer, like yeah. father-son teams. Uh, no. Uh, it's well, his I don't dad. Know. Yeah, yeah. His, I mean, he has a dad. Well, of course. Yes. I mean, it was. He's the he's one. Not. His dad is the one that Santa yells at because he had a deformed son with a red nose. Oh. Because Santa is terrible. Yeah, in that, that show. was really bad. That wasn't very sensitive. Um, no, it wasn't very Christ-like. Oh man, I, th I'd be a pure guess uh, for me. I get it was Blitzen one of the options. Blitzen was one of them. I guessed before, so Blitzen can't be wrong twice. It, it is. Oh no, <laughs> it's Donner. Donner. All right, okay. we're at the last one. I promise you won't have okay. to go through this for too okay. much longer. Which Christmas movie has been played more than any other? I'm assuming oh, on oh. TV. Yeah. A Christmas Story, Home Alone, Frosty the Snowman, or It's a Wonderful Life. I've got to believe it's a, It's a Wonderful Life. Yep, you yeah, are right. Yeah. Yep. So what was that? Seven for ten. Is that right? Eight I only got 10? seven. To, I, you, I, did, I, I wasn't I did, counting, but I did really poor on reindeer questions. You did. It's, I, it's I, apparent I, that you. Yeah, uh, I don't know my reindeer <laughs> trivia. <laughs> I don't either. But 
Well, hopefully that, that was really, a little bit festive for yeah, you. Yeah, it was. I had a great time. Well, I'm glad you played. Are you going to play some background Christmas music? On I this? should. Yeah. I did uh, two episodes ago. Yeah, nice. Yeah, Get when everyone was talking. Yeah, anyway, so uh, you got to love that low-quality uh, royalty-free music you can find online. No. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, well, I think the only hey, thing coming job. up is uh, let's invite family and friends In, to for sure. Christmas Eve and... Uh, uh, like you mentioned last week, we're going to be doing uh, some translation mm-hmm. uh, for, for Spanish speakers. Right. Uh, and uh, to your point, that's probably going to be a really cool option for, yeah. for people who might not have any other options on Christmas Eve. So uh, I think that's really a uh, really cool thing that we're going to be doing. For sure. Yeah, looking forward to that. So there's still time to invite someone out for Sunday, the 23rd, or uh, the 24th. Both will be focusing on Christ and uh, his coming and the Lord's uh, the Lord's rescue, uh, the Lord's rescue mission in, in uh, sending Christ uh, to come and give His life for us and uh, make all things new. So, both uh, both both uh, services would be great to invite a a friend to. And I have noticed people will come, especially on Christmas Eve. It's we probably have the highest percentage of guests on Christmas Eve. Mm. Uh, and there's two things about that that th- I think are really cool. One is people will come that won't come other times. We've had yep. neighbors over the years. Uh, we've had neighbors come on Christmas Eve that I had invited maybe at different times and wouldn't come, but they would come on Christmas Eve. Mm. Uh, so that's one thing. Secondly, here's what I love about the Christmas Eve service is people have friends. I'm sorry. People have family from out of town visiting them. So I get to meet people's family. Yeah. And so it's a little, it always feels to me. So if you have family there, I'd like to meet them. Uh, it always feels to me a little bit like, uh, you know, open house when you bring your parents to school and meet your teacher, you know, right, kind of a deal. Right, yeah. So I love to meet people's parents and, and I always give good reports, you know, <laughs> Uh, but your son I, has been yeah, into yeah, a little bit of heresy lately. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You don't want to check on your son. His attendance has been a little poor this last year, but uh, wonderful. No, but I do feel a little bit like, oh, this is my mom and dad. Oh, great! I'd love to meet them and hear about them, and you know that kind of thing. Yeah. So people do bring family. They're from out of town, oftentimes visiting at, at Christmas Eve. So it's a family service, and, uh, and and neighbors and friends come too. So looking forward to it. Christmas week here it is. Um, yeah. May the Lord. Uh, please be praying. So I'll, I'll, we've been a little uh, light here at the end, but I'll, I'll uh, joking aside, please pray that the Lord will move in both of these services and will give um, give people new life. Only He can open a heart. Only He can give uh, new life to a yeah. a dead heart. Make up make up a person spiritually alive through the good news. Yeah. So He uses the good news, but it's the work of the Spirit. So please please pray for the services that the Lord will really move powerfully. Very good. Cool. Well, thanks again for uh, taking the time out of your week to uh, do this. And uh, uh, really appreciate how you uh, talk through those questions as well. And uh, also appreciate how you went to great efforts to answer those Christmas trivia questions. Yes, Yes. it was fun. Thanks. Awesome. All right. Well, we're going to be taking a break next week because it is Christmas, uh, Christmas week. So we will see you in two weeks. Oh, well, it's going to be a new year. Yeah, it'll be a new year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See you. All right. Cool. We'll have to figure out when we're recording. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cool. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks, Jared. Bye-bye.